Okay. So I have personally been looking forward to this episode, but before we get into anything, I got to ask you a question. How do you like your steak? Rare shit. It's got to be bloody, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And every time I think about that, you know, like, because I had a buddy the other day who told me he liked it medium well. I was like, uh, you're getting close. And it reminded me of that at moment in King of the Hill when Bobby's talking to Hank. <laughs> he says, Dad, what do we do if someone asks for the steak well done? And then Hank turns around and he's like, well, Bobby, huh. we politely yet firmly ask them to leave. Because <laughs> you got to love Hank. You got to love King of the Hill. King of the Hill's great. So good. Mike Judge is genius for coming up with that. Uh, mm-hmm. But like we have been hyping up for the whole week, week and a half here, we are talking about Big Oaf tonight, and I am super pumped that they are letting us do this episode and do this album review because, I mean, I'm sure you can remember how fucking excited I was when I first shared them to you. And oh no, my literal first comment yep. was, dude, this is right up our alley. This is what we like to listen to, and it feels like you're fucking head is being split with an axe pretty much Uh, this album is a fucking ripper and we've got a little bit of it playing in the background right now on this uh, this is the first track it's Elephant Um, let's crank that up here for a second this part's pretty dope let's just kick kick it in hot you catch that little bass solo right there did you hear it come through oh. yeah it's fucking dope it's so good and i also like i want to go ahead and mention that you know this is just the intro track like this whole album is it's a variety man and you know we were so lucky to get them to do some q a with us and we've got some of their answers tonight and you know they are super cool people and they got some really cool influences and i you know i i love what they are doing right now um oh yeah man i'm i've got it right here and you know give love black sabbath pantera i hate god and all that and then they go like the fucking melvin's promise mr bungle that's a quad not quad i can dig that shit 
Well, I think. Awesome. Oh, sorry, you cut out there. Uh, we we lost you for a second. Am I back? Yeah, you're good. You're good. What were you saying? I just said that you also like like get that you, you get that that vibe from that I do anyways that old grungy style. Yeah, but, yeah. I, I can definitely agree with you. And I think another thing that I really want to note is that they do a damn good job of hitting that BPM of the genre, you know, because, you know, the influences they're messing with really vary. You know, some of them are fast. Some of them are slower paced. And I'm sure I'm sure they've got more influences than that. 100%. I mean, fucking most metal fans or anyone performing oh. in a metal band could go on for days of people they listen to. But I think they hit a good sweet spot as far as, you know, beats go. And, you know, Graham on the drums, he does killer, dude. He His timing is impeccable. And then the way Matt on the bass is able to go through and then crew – He's brothers with Graham. Yeah, that's it. It's just, it's fucking cool. And I, I can't wait till we get into that later on when we talk about, we had a question for the brothers there. And they gave us a, a really, really cool little reply there for that. Uh, let me go ahead while we are here at the beginning. I'm going to give uh, just a quick intro on them. So Big Oaf formed in Atlanta, Georgia in 2016 between brothers Graham and Crew Gibbs. Brothers met bassist Matt Whiteside in 2017 and began shaping the sound. Initially starting as an instrumental band, the songs were developed and honed over a series of live shows in 2018 and 2019, where lyrics and vocals were added. In the fall of 2019, the band began planning to record. By early 2020, Big Oaf met recording engineer C.J. Writings. Though initially delayed due to the lockdown, which, you know, fucked a lot of people over to begin with, the record was finished in the summer. So they got in the studio and they did the shit, you know, they, they, it doesn't seem like they took much time off. They super committed to the album and I'm glad that we have it now. Um, Big Oaf brings their self-titled debut album available digitally on Friday, November 13th, 2020, along with vinyl pre-orders, which you can find through Bandcamp. Um, and the Big Oaf limited edition red vinyl is expected to start shipping in mid-January 2021. So not too far off, but the pre-orders are up now. Uh, they also have t-shirts available too, which are limited, which are super fucking cool because if you all could see these guys, that logo, logo. It, yeah, that logo is dope. <laughs> no. uh, it, it's like uh, if we could describe it it's like uh, think of a mammoth caveman hybrid uh, kind of reminds me of the giants like on Skyrim a little bit but like a, fat, a, a, a chubbier version with like smoke exploding in the background he's got this big fucking club with him and you know the face is more bones and everything it's just it's it's a really cool sludge cover almost uh color scheme is like green with the red backsplash and adds a lot of variance which is really fucking cool uh but super excited for it and i their merch is nice 
And I highly recommend after you listen to this episode going to Bandcamp and supporting these guys because I think they're going to do big things in you know not only right now but in the future. Um, you can uh, their their album is streaming on Spotify. You can also find it on Apple Music, uh, which is cool. And I'm pretty sure you can also get it out on SoundCloud, but don't quote me on that. Uh, so what what are your initial thoughts on Big Ove? I loved them, man. Uh, since I found out they were from Atlanta, I was giving them a, a chance. I was like, man, there's a uh, big scene all, there. All the, yeah. Big, it, big scene. Is. So I, I, I was I was pumped to do this one. Yeah, when you sent it to me, then they had the thing drop on, on Weedy the other day. And I was like, hell yeah. So that, that's it's pretty. Thank you guys. Let us do this. Yeah, let's. Uh, this was the first track we got, uh, like publicly given to us from the band. It's uh, the second track on the album. It's called Chew, and this is the track that I first heard, and was like, "Fuck, we've got to do these guys. Like, we got to get in contact with them." It was like, "I got to share this with people because this is nasty." uh so do you think we should just you know, let's just play it let's just go with it yeah and yeah. uh hopefully it's hits you in the face like an axe you know hopefully you get that same emotion that i got when i heard it for the first time because it is fucking dope uh this is chew by big oaf off their self-titled album Now, you are more than welcome to correct me on this one. 
if I'm not mistaken, the notes I'm hearing on guitar right there, is that part of the Phrygian scale? Um, are you, are you familiar with that one? Not really. I think, really. uh, I think the Phrygian scale runs on, uh, it's right around the 11th fret running around there, uh, running 11 and 13. Um, it's somewhere right in there. Uh, I don't know. Oh, so What's that? Off pedal. That's definitely where you'd be playing at. Probably. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you want to get that wailing tone. You know, it's it's hard to play with that wall down low because you're not going to get that crying sound from it. Um, also, another thing I want to go ahead and point out is these vocals. Do they not remind you of like Al Cicernos? God, yeah. In, in a way, yeah. like in a roundabout way, you know, it's kind of got that mountainous tone to it, more of like a bold and busterous voice that, but you can hear the note definition, like you can hear the words that he's saying, but it's still got a lot of power behind it. I think it's very matching okay. for the name Big Oaf. <laughs> yeah, powerful voice. It sounds like a cornbread and taters kind of dude, man. <laughs> well it's hey it's from the south they <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean it it is from the south that actually that brings uh we can go ahead and talk about a little bit of gear here uh so one of the questions we asked them was what amps are being used for each rig and is everything kept the same when recording versus live shows um and when they got back to us they told us that ideally the base rig is using a uh bugera veron t with an Ampeg six by ten, which pretty pretty thunderous tone coming out of that. In all honesty, a lot of stacked low end, which that's what you want for bass anyway in this genre. Uh, the guitar oh, is yeah. usually a fifty one fifty or a Mesa Boogie dual rack, which you know those are huge ass names. You know you almost can't go wrong with a fifty one fifty or a dual rack. Uh, <laughs> I, I know a bunch of people who play with those uh and i'm sure you do too uh and then the cab they're using is a 2x12 avatar which i've actually i played a mesa boogie tweed uh it was the maverick head through an avatar 4x12 and let me tell you it was it, it tingled in your ears so I, I can definitely see why they went with an avatar <laughs> and then they also had rigged in a 4x12 orange ppc which i mean you can't go wrong with orange at all nope. <laughs> um uh with the with the record the guitar was done all with the 5150 and the 2x12 that avatar we were talking about and actually what is surprising to me was the bass was done through a di could you tell the difference not really yeah no, like it was it sounded like pure. It sounded like pure tone. I'd like. I'd really like to know what plugins were being used for that. You know, because it, I I find trouble. I mean, like sometimes when you hear some DI recording, you can hear the difference. You know, it sounds very hi-fi, and you get some tonality differences. But it's kind of hard to tell with that. In all honesty, um, uh, there there might have been a little bit of reamping done at some point, but. We're not 100% sure on that. And then 
you know, as anything with the live shows, it just depends on the venue, uh, depending on if they got the PA or anything. But either way, I guarantee these guys are playing loud. I know me personally, yeah. I would want to be playing loud. Oh, yeah, man. You make them hear you. So off the top of your head, who else can you think is from around the Georgia area, you know, that Atlanta scene? Uh, Mastodon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mastodon, Mastodon's the big one. And I actually, I personally, I hear a lot of Mastodon in this album as well. I, I, uh, I, I, all I can say is I am a huge fan of it. And, uh, actually, What's cool is that I, I haven't had time here recently, but another question we asked was regarding some local bands we need to check out. Uh, and I really I want to get into that and see what else is coming through there. Um, Dude, Horse is from uh, Atlanta. That's pretty dope. Oh, I didn't know that. that that's awesome. Yeah, because they, they rip. They're they are dirty. Uh the official question we had asked was, we are all about spreading the music here at the Mountain Metal Music Show, which that's, you know, what we always say, which, oh, shit, we didn't do it. <laughs> Welcome yeah. to the Mountain Metal Music Show. I'm Daniel. <laughs> What's that? I'm Tanner. <laughs> and we're talking about Big Oaf. <laughs> uh, what is a band or a couple bands you could tell us about that we might not have heard from? of yet from the scene around your area so uh i definitely invite everyone else to check these guys out too but some answers we got back were cemetery filth uh dead now and pro, you know I, i'm sorry if i'm wrong on the pronunciation here but uh kukoshka stone man day old man which i'm pretty sure i've heard them before i need to go back and look into them uh that Sounds name yeah, it sounds familiar. We've also got Dayglow Morning, Hot Ram, which I like that name. I think it's funny. <laughs> uh, also, Malformity, and that was just them naming a few. So hopefully we can get into that some more and figure out what else is coming out of that area from more of a local standing, you know, rather than huge, huge names. Um so was this the first track you heard from them too Chew? when because that's the one i shared with you uh i think uh the elephant was honestly the first song i believe i heard from them which was right there at the beginning yeah but other than that then i just kind of really i just listened to the uh um the, the music video that they put out what is it king of this town king of the town and that's later on in the album yeah i look forward to playing that one too because i mean I, I mean i'm a big fan of the whole album uh i my favorite one was ghts which that's the seventh track and we will play that later on you know because that's how we do things here we go through the whole album we're not going to half-ass it uh, let's uh let, let's go ahead and play the third track here uh, it's called Shove. Uh, once again, Big O self-titled album by Big O.
I love the feathering done there from the guitar standpoint. That's a good one. Heard a lot of Melvins in that. A lot of like big business type stuff. A lot of a lot of quick changes too, you know. I, I think I like that. But one of my favorite things done with that type of track was uh, the contradiction between playing low on the scale versus going high on the scale. You know, those sliding chords. Yeah. I, I really I, I like when people utilize that a lot because with this type of music, you know, a lot of people utilize the same chords. But what makes it so different is that, like we've talked about before on the show, is uh, – Every, every musician adds their own flavor to how those chords are played, you know. It all goes back to Black Sabbath, obviously, with Tony Iommi, and we'll probably mention him every episode, and I'm not even going to fucking regret it. Uh, no. You, you take, you know, you take some of the chords that Iommi has played, but you add your own moi to it, flavor. you know. Yeah, flavor, your, your own little kiss. And, you know, you sw- switch it up, you change your rhythm and your sliding pattern on it, and it becomes its own thing. And I think that yep. that, that track's a pretty good example of that. Uh, actually, I think let's go ahead and just jump into the next track. We'll go ahead and play some more because this is a 10-track album. So we've got plenty to do. So let's get some work here, and uh, we'll play the fourth track on the album. It's called Nowhere. Nowhere. Dude, want to do some rock and roll tonight? Uh, I'm just going to hang. Hey, man. Want to do some skateboarding at the mall? Uh, I'm not into it. You thought smoking pot would take you places you've never been. So how can you go in? Nowhere.
so that one, a little more instrumental on that. But like I've said in previous episodes, I love when bands do that vocal intro with that little like a uh, sound clip snippet. Yeah, just a snippet of something. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that. Well, I think what was cool cool about that one, too, is like it's almost got two different vibes. Like, I don't know. At at the beginning of it, I get a stoner doom type vibe to it or kind of like this stoner sludge type deal. Maybe not as slow enough to be sludge, but, you know, progressing along that plane. And then you start getting into those slides that sound more Mastodon. Yeah, I was gonna say that that, that one kind of sounded like Mastodon and Deftones, had baby. Of that earlier riff. Yeah, yeah, that definitely sounds like something Stephen would do on a seven string. It's just that I, Stephen, Mister Carpenter, <laughs> would not necessarily play it with that kind of flavor. Which you know, that's that's what it's about. It's all about the different flavor that they're putting into it um so one of the, another question we asked them was how long have each of them been playing music individually uh so matt whiteside their bassist 30 years man that is a lot of time Killing. a lot of time and it definitely shows man it's it's definitely been practice uh and then Graham and crew, they've been playing for 20 years. Feel uh, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's so much time to put into it and so much effort in it. I mean, it shows. It really does. Uh, because this stuff doesn't happen overnight. You know, people don't ever think about music like that. But I know some of the stuff we more we listen to more has a little more complexity to it as opposed to like someone just picking up a seven string and chugging just chug 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 you, you know what i mean like there's there's a certain genesis qua technique that has to come about and you only develop it over the course of years you know you find your own sound you find your own tone you find how you like to play uh do you want to go ahead and uh, read the next question that we had for them? Oh, uh, my, uh, uh, this one's for the brothers. When did y'all decide you want to do uh, a career in music? How hard is it to work together? Well, uh, I, I think it's cool. It's like there's four older brothers, so they were just introduced to rock early on. So it's, when you hear it earlier on, man, it's like something you always get. So I feel, I feel that um, the crew crew wanted to play drums. Graham wanted to play guitar, then switched. That's for, that's for, I, I mean, I'd say they still go back and forth and do, but for the band, I, I get that. Um, their parents being able, being able to support them and stuff. So, that's that's another big thing. If your parents are into it and they dig it, and you're into it for a good time. That's that's pretty. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah, I I like that their home space ended up becoming like their practice space. You know, because once they got, you know, if their parents were supportive like that, I mean, that's dope. You know, because then you don't 
have this fear of expression. And I, I feel like there's a lot of musicians who get caught in that for a, a certain stage of their life because, you know, not all parents that are of that old school mentality really support the metal genre. <laughs> um, right. Just a bunch it, of noise. Yeah. Uh, and, and it makes it very difficult for certain people to understand. But I mean, that is just fucking awesome that they could literally take their practice home or out and about and didn't have to fear playing what they wanted to play. Uh, and especially since they were playing, you know, through like middle school and high school bands that they had created over the years, you know, just messing around, just trying to figure it out. Um, but what's cool is that, you know, it, they told us they've always created their stuff together as well as a part, you know, they've had together creativity, then they've had their own individuality and, uh, it's cool because being brothers, they just know how to work out songs and leave the ego at the door. You know, it, it, it's not about that ego. And I think this genre of music isn't about ego either. It's about everyone coming together. I mean, that's what this podcast is about is just fucking, you know, a community, everyone coming together, just listen to some good right music on. and, you know, take, don't worry about the shit going outside of the house, you know, or outside of the headphones even. You know, it's just, this is us. This is what we do. See if you can understand it. Uh, and that, that's what they said, too. It's about the music as a whole. So working together is not even difficult. And I think that's one of the coolest aspects is that it doesn't have to be difficult, man. It really doesn't. Just fucking play. Just play and see what happens. A lot can happen. If you um, just, if you just, yeah, a, a lot can happen if you just fiddle around, if you just mess with it and see where it goes. Uh, I think that's how a lot of people end up getting started too. It's just, you know, from fiddling around. Uh, with that being said, let's go into the next track here. This is the fifth track on the album. It's called Tooth and Claw. And we will get that pulled up for you and let's let that rip now.
I think that one was a pretty good example to play after, you know, that brotherly question we just talked about. Because uh, I feel like even though their bassist, Matt, may not be related to him, probably has that same mindset, you know, ego at the door. Uh, right. I think that track right there is pretty good evidence that it, it's three people coming together, playing, being on time, have, and being in sync, you know. Right, it's, just being on the same page. Yeah, it, it's not about any sole person there. You know, you're not hearing any soaring leads. You're not hearing anyone try to show off there. It's everyone has come together and made harmonious noise. Because, <laughs> I mean, you like you can hear the bass. You can hear that soaking. Like that, that low end just soaks underneath <laughs> that crunchy-ass guitar. And then the drum transition comes through and everything is just on time. You know, it's on point. And no one's trying to show off. Everyone is on time and they're sounding fucking good. Just and, doing what you needed. Haters. Uh, we are halfway through the album there. So let's take a quick break here at the Mountain Metal Music Show and as always it won't seem long for you all but it might be a hot minute for us so give 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 us a second here we'll be right back with you this is the mountain metal music show featuring big oaf we are back here with the mountain metal music show we took a little break there but i know it wasn't long for you all um we are getting a little bit pinched for time here but we're gonna we definitely want you to hear the rest of this album so we're gonna run the rest of these songs and a few more questions here and then we'll let a lot of this play out because we want you all to hear the music um let's go ahead and jump straight into the next track this is the sixth track on the album it's called ant swarm uh,
Now, earlier you were talking about how we had some Melvin influences, and I think that track also kind of reiterates those Melvin influences. It kind of has those uh, Buzzo-style interchanges, in my opinion. Oh, you hear a lot of, uh, I go back to Mastodon, too, but I heard like a lot of old Remission shit on that right then. Yeah, which you know, Remission is actually one of my favorite albums by Mastodon, so I think that's why I enjoy that. And another thing that I like about that is because Tooth & Claw – was a little slower than that one and then it almost gives you that roller coaster effect where they slow it down and they pick it back up with something like that kind of gives you a little bit of a mood change there which i thought was really cool um so we had another question with them it's uh where are some places you played live before COVID 19 hit and where was your last live show uh, how they responded was we played pretty much all of our shows in 2019 and took a break towards the end of the year to get ready for recording the record, which makes perfect sense, you know, because you have to set that stuff up, you know, it takes a little bit of time getting prepared for that. Uh, the pandemic hit and lockdown delayed our recording about a month or so. We've played around the Atlanta area as well as Chattanooga, Tennessee, in Atlanta, we played at the 529 Sweetwater Live and the Masquerade. And in Chattanooga, they played at Sluggo's and at Ziggy's. And they said they're definitely looking forward to things opening back up and pushing this record with some live shows. And I completely agree with them because I think this would be a dope live show. I think it would be yeah. so cool to see live. Yeah, 100%. I, th I think it's really cool that they played at Sluggos too, because, you know, there's a lot of bands that have gone through there and that's a notable place to play. You know, that's, that's been a place that a lot of big, big name bands have gotten the opportunity to play at. So I think that also speaks for the quality that they're putting out and, you know, the opportunity that they have. Chattanooga is only like four hours away too. So, yeah, I, I actually I visited Chattanooga and it's a beautiful city. I had a lot of fun there. There's a there's definitely some cool stuff to do around that area. So highly recommend people just check out Chattanooga, Tennessee in general. You know, uh, I spent a lot of time in Memphis myself when I was living in Jackson, and there's a lot of cool bars around there too. That you know, I actually I got to see I Hate God live at a bar there in Memphis and that was a great experience for me that was a great show man uh also got to see wano play that night <laughs> it was it was one of my favorite shows by far um we'll go ahead here and hop into the next track this was my personal favorite it's called ghts and i hope you'll enjoy this one as much as i do
Sounds like I'm driving an El Camino. <laughs> yeah, I think what I like about that one is it's got a little more of a thrashy vibe to it. Yeah. But it, it's, it changes the tone. You know, typically with thrash metal, you hear a lot of high gain, you know, really boosting those treble and mids. But I think they took that, tra- that thrash vibe right there and gave it the tone of that stoner, sludge, doom style thing and i think it's also cool too because you got to see crew go off a little bit you know you got to see him do some lead stuff too and it shows a lot of talent you know because we were talking earlier about how they've put so much time into learning to play you know they've been he he's got 20 years on guitar and it shows that you know with that with that amount of time playing you know what you can accomplish and how you can find your own sound and how you can find your own abilities. Yeah, right on. Um, this leads us to the next question, which is what is the biggest show you've played and were there any notable bands involved? Uh, and how they responded was, I wouldn't say we've played any big shows, definitely some decent crowds and some responsive, excited crowds, which are the best. And I could see how that would be because I know a lot of bands in this genre. If you go listen to some of their YouTube interviews and things like that, they like playing the smaller venues more than the bigger in- venues. Yeah, know? they're more packed. If you go, if you go to a show where there's like 100. What's, you know that, what I mean? what, what's that, Tanner? You cut out a little bit. Oh, um, if you go to like a smaller show with like a hundred people, they uh, it's a better reaction from those hundred people that are wanting to be there. You're there for the, for a reason instead of just going to. Rather than those people have gone to like a big festival and they're just there to maybe hear one band, you know, like the people who go to those smaller shows are yeah. into that, and you know they're they're definitely more willing to be there and they'll go out of their way to be there. Uh, right. They said they've pretty much done only uh, local bills with other local bands besides opening up for Druid Lord, uh, which is super, super, super cool. Uh, that's awesome that they got to play with them and having some bands on the bills that were on tour, but they've not necessarily got to headline yet. But I think that once once show live shows open back up, I think they will get that opportunity 100%. Oh, they're t- What's that? Their time will come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely I hear definitely it within hear. this. I think that they that there is something on the horizon for them. You know, they've got a lot of talent. They've got very good sound, and they're definitely very cool, humble people. I, I think that they're going to get that opportunity here in the near future as soon as things can open back up. Would you agree? I agree 100%. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready for their future. Uh, 
So I know you're a little pressed for time here, and I can kind of run out the end of this with everyone. Uh, what What are your thoughts on Big Oaf? You know, how, how do you feel about them? What do you see for their future? I really enjoy it, man. Uh, they just need to keep grinding, keep putting stuff out. And, I mean, one day, the, I mean, I, I, I think they'll, they'll do good for themselves if they, they keep it up. Yeah, and I definitely – I want to add to that saying, you know, I definitely don't want to hear them rush stuff. Like, uh, you know, some people will try and rush and put material out there before it's ready. And I don't think they necessarily need to do that. Uh, I kind of hate when bands try to be too preemptive. You know, they start to make a name for themselves and then they jump out there real fast and they just start releasing stuff that's not necessarily complete. And I think if they sit down and, you know, they work really, really hard, that they can easily come up with more material and get that out to everyone you know and i'm sure that even despite this album they've already got other stuff in the works you know right. i'd imagine uh, so with that we will uh we'll bid tanner adieu here because i know it's his daughter's birthday and he, you know Four. this this also shows his commitment to the show, you know, this shows our commitment to the show is that even though, you know, that's going on, we are, we care about this. We care about sharing the music with everyone. You know, we, we care about spreading the love. We care about spreading these bands. Um, and I know we both feel that way. I think I can speak for both of us when I say that. Uh, so we'll go ahead and say happy birthday to Mia, you know, have to. Birthday. Yeah, man. She's four years old. And she's probably going to be a little metalhead, you know, because she loves No Doubt. <laughs> and she's only four years old and singing spider webs. <laughs> I, I think. Peace, dudes. Yeah. Enjoy Big O. Because they're uh, the shit. All right. Have a good night, Tanner. We're going to keep going here at the Mountain Metal Music Show. Uh, I want to hop in here and we will go to the next track which is never learned the eighth track on big oaf's album and i hope you all enjoy
Okay, now I'm going to make a bold statement in regards to that track right there. Um, and please let us know how you all feel too. You know, interact with us. Send us a message over on Facebook at the Mountain Metal Music Show. Send us an email at mountainmetalmusicshow at gmail.com. Uh, but I really think that right there, I heard some hip-hop influences almost. You know, it's almost got that... Uh, that back and forth vibe to it. Like you still headbang with it because it's metal and it's still along with this genre, but you almost hear some, I don't know, some old school hip hop, you know, some back and forth, uh, you know, the vocals definitely aren't hip hop related by any means. It's just the patterns that I'm hearing and I think that's really cool, you know, because you can find influence in so much stuff out there. You know, you can take away so many things. And I know old school hip hop actually is a big part of a lot of people's lives in the metal scene. Uh, I've talked to quite a few people and, you know, they'll always go back to like, they definitely listen to Tupac. They definitely listen to Biggie and things of that nature and i think it's kind of cool to hear those different influences now i may be wrong i may be out stretching and maybe we'll hear back from big oaf and they'll you know give us some clarification on that but that's just personally what i'm hearing so another question we had with them was uh, is this your all's first band or are there other bands that you were in before that shaped how you play today with Big Oaf. Uh, and the way they replied regarded uh, Matt, their bassist, was part of a band called SMI that no longer plays. And he was also in a band called Eloquence of Suffering for a time. Uh, and as for the Brothers uh, crew, and then uh, the Gibbs Brothers, sorry, this is their first serious band. Uh, Crew and Graham. I think it's kind of cool that this is their first serious band because it's like they've been building up all this musical influence and all these, I guess, different ideas. And they've held all this creativity and they're now letting loose in this one single band. And as we've referenced, they've been playing instruments for quite a long time. So I think it's cool to see all that come together. Um, but with that being said, we will hop right in here to the next track that is on the album. This is the ninth track. It's called King of Town. And they actually had released this before the album came out. And this is also a ripper of a track i absolutely love this one and i hope you all enjoy it as much as we do here at the mountain metal music show
I'm going to go ahead and tell you what I love about that one is it is a big slap in the fucking face. When they kick that in, it is hard. And it definitely would be a gut puncher to hear live. Uh, I definitely look forward to hearing these guys play live. And I really hope this album takes off. I, I want everyone to hear this. Like we were talking about earlier, uh, they've been shared by Weedian, and uh, I think they had a, a feature with 666 Mr. Doom. I may be wrong on that one, uh, but I know they have been shared by Weedian, and I know they have been shared by multiple platforms, and I am super happy for these guys because, it, like I said, it's just good. You just hear some slight variances here and there, but overall... The whole album rips. Um, with that, we will go on to our final question that we had for them, which is, have you had any contract offers or possible signing opportunities? Uh, and I love how they answered with this one, which is, uh, no, we decided to get the project out ourselves to begin with instead of trying to label shop with a brand new band. We are open to getting with the label in the future, and hopefully this record will get us some attention. And that's also what we are trying to help them do here at the Mountain Metal Music Show. We would love to see these guys blow up. Uh, I think they totally deserve it. I love what they have put out, and I so respect them for taking the effort, taking the time out of their lives and doing this on their own. Like I said earlier, if you go to their band camp, you can either order a record, you can order a CD, I believe, and you also have t-shirts available that are very limited. And I think you guys should definitely go pick up something from them here at the beginning before the major blow up. I know they're already getting recognition and I really want everyone to support these guys. And I don't think you will regret it whatsoever. Um, we're heading into the final track here. It's called hangover. It's the 10th and final track on the album. And as typical with the mountain metal music show, we are going to let that ride a little bit as we send off on the episode. Uh, I hope you have enjoyed this album review of Big Oaf. I hope you all go and support them simultaneously. You know, we're not needy or anything here, but at the Mountain Metal Music Show, we would highly appreciate it if you'd give us a follow on Instagram for the Mountain Metal Music Show. Give us a like on Facebook, you know, follow what we're doing, help spread us out there. And definitely get in touch with us, you know, keep letting us know what you want to hear in the future. Uh, we love metal music and we want to share that with the world. Uh, we're guys that come from an area that it's atypical to get you some subgenre metal music uh, stuff of this nature. And we want to spread that with the world and we hope that you all enjoy what we're doing you know because like we said we don't do this for money we do this for fun because 
it's our passion. It's what we care about. And, you know, at the end of the day, this is all we've got. So without further ado, this is the closing for the Mountain Metal Music Show, the episode covering Big Oaf's self-titled album. We hope you enjoy their final track titled Hangover. Thank you very much. Horns up and hail. <laughs>